0: to the latest edition of Off the Fence. This is, as you know by now, your go-to digital jumps programme. We look back, we look forward, we tip you a few winners, we give you a few tracker horses. The show is jam-packed, even at this relatively slow time in the jump season. And before I go any further, I have to ask you, because my producer makes me please hit subscribe on our YouTube channel because that way you won't miss a single episode of Off The Fence as we build up to the Cheltenham Festival and beyond. And every week I am joined by Barry Geraghty and Tony Keenan. We've got loads to get through this week, but a quick check in with the boys. Uh, Barry, to you first. How are you over there?
1: I'm very good, Vanessa. Enjoy the weekend's racing and looking forward to our chat.
0: Good, good. And Tony, uh, have things perked up since last week? You
2: weren't feeling on yeah. top form. No, I was. Um, I was, I was uh, just over, I had a bit of cold the last week, so that, I'm grand I'm much better now. No, I, and like that, I, I've actually quite enjoyed the January racing so far. Like Barry's saying, I think sometimes because there's a maybe a lack of it and the racing can be a little bit uncompetitive, there's a tendency to overreact. to horses being been impressive, but I, I think we actually have seen two genuinely impressive horses at Pontius Town on Sunday and um, ones that will be able to carry that form forward.
0: Okay well without further ado then let's get stuck straight into our What Happened Where section and as Tony has already mentioned we're going to head straight over to Punchestown and Take a look at Bob Ollinger because he goes to Punchtown, he's making a second chase start and he essentially hacks up. Uh, there seems to be a bit of a difference of opinion with a few people about whether they were incredibly impressed with him or a little bit underwhelmed. I think I might be in the latter category. Barry, where do you sit with Bob Ollinger having seen him win at the weekend?
1: I tell he was good. Um, I thought he jumped well. He, he settled the score there anyway. Um, jumped nicely, travelled well through the race. You could argue that he laboured a little bit from two out. Um, you know, it, it took him a while to get by Cappadano, who isn't a bad horse and would have been a good winner in this had he not nearly fallen at the second last previously. So he is a good horse, but I would have expected a little bit more from Bob Allinger. But I think a lot of that's ground related. Um, he's a very low action if you look at him. Really good mover. Um, and for me, it's not unusual for a horse who handles soft ground to need better ground over fences. There's just a little bit more effort involved in jumping a fence. And um, so I think he's going to be better again when we see him on better ground.
0: Ground angle, very interesting indeed. Tony, would you concur with that? He's even money at the moment for uh, the Cheltenham Festival for the Turner's Novices Chase. Would you be with him against him? How impressed?
2: Uh, happy enough to sit that race out at the moment. Um, yes, he, he was. He was impressive, very impressive. Maybe not so much. Uh, his jumping is fine. It's it's not. Uh, it's the jumping of a two and a half mile horse rather than one maybe that wants to go back to two. It can be a little bit big at times um but he just has loads of speed in between the fences I suppose is the is the big thing um he does have this kind of slightly wonky head carriage but like, I don't think there's anything new about that he like he had that in Goring when Fernie Hollow beat him he had it in the Ballymore last year um and maybe when he gets into a race when he is coming up against a horse that is you know of comparable ability to him and that they get into a, a battle from two out like you might see that holding back a little bit but it could be a while before he um Meets a horse of comparability, he hasn't, Fernie Hollow I suppose is the only one he's met so far, he, he lost that one I suppose, but um, yeah, he's, he's kind of a horse again that's going to scare others off at Cheltenham, just like Envoy Allen did last year, so well, maybe the lesson from that is that maybe they shouldn't be scared off, they shouldn't be willing to have a go, um, and Henry, mentioned, Henry de Bram had mentioned after the race that he was thinking of the Dublin Racing Festival, but it was with that important proviso about the ground, and I probably got a little bit excited when he, when he mentioned that, but it's not looking good on the ground front. Um, just looking at met.ie website there, there's no real rain around Dublin forecast into early next week. So, yeah, it, it's probably more likely to be uh, straight to Cheltenham for him. But I, I was really impressed, actually, with the second horse there, Capadano. I, I wouldn't underestimate him. Um, I really like when these JP McManus horses are ridden forward. Actually, um, it, I don't know. Uh, I know it's not that. I know it's not that common. But um, I think the reason with him being ridden forward there was because he he is actually a bit of a stayer, um, and I, I think the taking out of the three fences down the back was probably more against him, because it brought um, stamina into play. Would would probably suit him more than Bob Ollinger who's Who's that bit faster than him the capadano he, he, he certainly wasn't losing any ground on bob ollinger from the last he, he was you know closing the gap a little bit i think he's a big player in that um three mile race the festival novice chase I, I know they've already got the, the anti-post favorite and stuff like that but i just think getting this horse has done over two and a half miles he's definitely going to be better up and trip um, his form took off last spring when he got the good ground at Ferry House in Town, and um, also he, he did, sorry got the combination of the three miles and the better ground so yeah I, I think he's got a, got a right chance in that race um, you know galloping the chumps obviously looked absolutely amazing um, at Christmas but everything has its price um, and I do, I, I, can, I do think this horse is, is an interesting one and one to keep in mind for that race
0: Okay, so Capadano getting the positive nod for the three-mile better ground championship novice race. And then both of you seem pretty pleased generally with Bob Ollinger over the two and a half. Uh, Jimmy R has asked, and Barry, this one's going to come your way, I think. Uh, We have got question time a little bit later on in the show, but we're going to also intertwine some questions as we go. And Jimmy R has asked... Are you taking on Bob Bollinger for the Marshall Turners? Uh, could other horses be in with a shout? Lahone Press looked impressive at Cheltenham last time and I wouldn't say Bollinger is uh, Bob Ollinger is unbeatable. Hashtag off the fence. Thank you very much, Jimmy, for your question. Uh, what would you respond to that, Barry? Yeah,
1: Lohan Press was good and he seems to be horses on the up um but just the level of form that, that Bob Ollinger showed last year to win the Ballymore. And I'm happy to his jumping and I think on better ground he'd be better again. So I wouldn't be taking him on unless Gallup and Dechamp lined up in this race.
0: Ooh curveball there from Barry okay well Jimmy I hope that has answered your question sufficiently let's move on to the other big race at Punchestown on Sunday which was of course the Moscow Flyer uh, a race that Willie Mullins has farmed before and he farmed it again this time with Dice at Dynamo absolutely tearing the field apart and bolting up, quite literally bolting up he, uh, he is now 9-2 for the Supreme and 5-1 for the Ballymore now Tony, coming to you first with this one would you have any interest with him at anything more than two miles at this stage?
2: Um, personally no um, look, I- I'll give full disclosure I- I'm financially involved in this I, I backed him for the Supreme state after this race Um for- Couple of, couple of reasons. The the first reason is, I think initially he was kind of three to one for the Ballymore and six to one for the Supreme. And I just my initial impression was, I'd be very surprised if he does go for the longer race. Now I know it's Willie Mullins, and I'm not going to spend all the, the next couple of months obsessing about what Willie Mullins is going to do. But he to me looks a fast horse that ran round a speed two miles of punches Town that did all of his an awful lot of his run and paired the times in in the first three quarters of the race. And I wouldn't even, he's not really a trainer that likes upping them and trip um, for the sake of it. If they're going well at two miles, they're, you know, why go further and things like that. Now, there has been a little bit of a history of him running horse over two miles and then going up to the Ballymore. But that's more in the past than, than recent times. York Hill would have been successful in doing that. Michael Dageny at five for three. But most of his winners of this race kind of kept it, a, kept it a kind of supreme trip. Um, and my second, reason, my second reason for backing him is probably quite an obvious one again, is, um, look, I had no one involved in it beforehand. Constitution Hill and John Bunn, both been very impressive, but they're both English. Um, and the, the, rea- the reality is that the Irish form was, I hope, in theory, underestimated in the market, and uh, considering how dominant Ireland have been. Um, he was the outsider of those three. Um, so I just said, yes, I think that's maybe worth a few quid. Um, I do think there's a bit of substance to this this performance on Sunday. Um, first of all, he's jumped better than Cork, which was which was a big thing. Um, the time is excellent. I think he's coming out the best on time forms, time figures of the novice order so far, especially at that trip. Um, some of the, the sort of fancied horses ran, ran no races, and actually should give a, a plus to Bob Ollinger. His um, big impressive win there on Sunday's coming at home when Henry de Rommets are not going well. Like he did a number of short-price disappointments again at the weekend, so that, that, that's a, a plus to him. But the, if you looked at the race beforehand of his dangers, you probably would have said Gringo Dobrell was most likely to run his race. He's had plenty of experience, he's been over and back to England, he's run to a good level. And he's beaten him, I think, uh, 19 lengths, and that horse beaten 10.5 lengths in the shallow world. So I thought that was a really good sign. Um, and the other pointer is, and this I, I'd be quite believing that this is going to be because I'd be convinced that Daisert Dana was going to be better on better ground. All his pedig- pedigree, the dam, was, I think, one, one on the flat, the half sister is um, Daisert Diamond, I think, is horn him. She doesn't really go a yard on soft ground. Um, like he was good in clonmel doing things wrong in his bumper last year but then just took off at punchestown and that was a really deep bumper than he won in punchestown when he got the bit of better ground like there were she's a hundred rated flat horses back down the field in that train with Jessica jesse Aaron and stuff like that but so yeah I, I would make him a little bit shorter for supreme um, maybe put him in between constitution hill and john buntings that as you know like, i'm not the greatest fan of sir Gerhard. i know people, some people are fancying him that's totally fine just not for me at the moment so yeah i i, I like them um and uh, one of the big angles will be the better ground.
0: Love that. haven't heard that angle. It's specifically about his pedigree as well, Tony. Very interesting stuff from you. Um, Barry, throwing this ball over to you then now, obviously we've got a rat in the camp with Tony backing a horse against Constitution <laughs> Hill, but let's just move on from that, <laughs> shall we? Uh, at The Races did a poll on Twitter that got a huge response asking whether you'd run Dysart Dynamo in the Supreme or the Ballymore. Listening to Tony, you would be completely convinced. And having watched the race as well, by the way, to run him in the Supreme, I was all about the Supreme. Only marginally came out on top. 59% Supreme vote, final vote. 41% of people voted to run him in the Ballymore. I know... We just don't know what Willie Mullins is going to do. But he's had horses like Fator, Min and Duvan win the Moscow Flyer and go on to the Supreme. Where would your mind be at with this horse? And specifically, actually, from a jockey's point of view, obviously a lot has been focused in with this horse, Barry, about how strong he was. It was a runaway victory, quite literally. Is that any concern to you at this stage?
1: It wouldn't be a concern at two mile, but over further it would. Um, and especially down the back, he, he seemed to open up down the back straight and extend and stretch the field. You know, if he does that after going a mile in a two and a half mile race, he's going to struggle to get home. So I don't think a style of racing suits going up on trip just yet. So I'd be surprised if they go further than two. And I'm sure if the wire to split them, Sir Gerhard haven't been a point to point winner. He'd have no problem stepping up on trip and even his style of racing would be more laid back. So that wouldn't be an issue for him if they were going to go for that option.
0: Okay. And uh, just a quick question to wrap up the Dice Up Dynamo section uh, from Kieran Catterton, who asked, uh, if you if you had the choice of any ride, we better throw this to Barry since he is the ex-jockey, but I think I know where this is going to go. Uh, if you had the choice of any ride in the Supreme, as things stand, which horse would you be getting the leg up on Barry Garrity?
1: Well, that'll be obvious Constitution Hill, but you know, you haven't you haven't seen the ceiling with these horses. Um John Bonn would be interested to see what he does at the weekend, but Dysart Dynamo, if if Constitution Hill wasn't around, you'd be very happy to ride him.
0: Absolutely. Just a quick side note, actually, Barry, whilst we have you on the topic, this looks like the obviously look, it's the curtain raiser of the festival. Everyone's at a high state of excitement by the first race on the Tuesday of March. Uh, just from a jockey's point of view, going into a red hot supreme like that, is that one of the sort of real high points of the season? Like when you're going down to post for that race, I know it's only a novice hurdle, but there must be, specifically when it's a deep race and everyone fancies their chances, that must be a real crackling sort of atmosphere, is it?
1: oh definitely you know it would be eggshells in the way beforehand just a brilliant buzz and anticipation (laughs) everything so no when you have a hot race like this it's a great way to kick start the festival
0: nice yeah I can imagine that god I hope loads of them line up I hope Constitution Hill wins. Sorry, Tony. Sorry, but I kind of do. I've got behind him. Um, Let's move on to uh, Kempton at the weekend. We saw Mr Fisher win the Sylvian Arco chase there, Barry. Uh, For me, he picked up the pieces in what was a weak enough race. I know um, the race course and also the sponsor were a little bit disappointed in the turnout. And then in terms of the race itself, for me, it slightly fell apart on the day but James Bowen was probably one of the stories of the day, obviously winning late with Caribbean Boy as well. And I know you wanted to give him a special mention, maybe not specifically about the horses, but the rider.
1: Yeah, well, he gave Mr. Fisher a beautiful ride and rode him with plenty of confidence. Let the lead, the first two horses go off, gave him a bit of a head start, produced him then between the last two. Lovely ride, kept it simple. But Caribbean Boy in particular, rode him handy, was top weight, didn't commit off the turn in, he nursed him down the straight, missed the second last, flew the, missed the third last, so he flew the second last. But just, Kempton is a real speed track, and those last fences, it's it's to get those inch perfect. You're meeting it on the right stride, how much pressure you put on to push your horse forward. You can overdo that very easily, and I just thought it was a beautiful, the the precision, he had the last fence. The stride he had, it was perfect. It got the momentum over the fence. He went from being a half length down to a half length up and he wins by a length or more. So I just thought it was a brilliant bit of horsemanship. Real, real top-class riding.
0: There's a lot of talk at the moment, Barry, about him and you know, Nico de Boinville road winners for Nicky Henderson at the weekend, but of course James Bowen did two, potentially on horses that Nico might have ridden, um, and there's a bit of talk about that sort of changeover. I don't really want to engage in that at this stage because I think Nico's still very much in the number one spot, but just in terms of you know Nicky Henderson incredibly well, Barry, uh, James Bowen as a sort of person and a rider, do you feel like he'll be a, a very good fit for Seven Barrows long term potentially?
1: He's a very good fit for anyone, wherever he goes. But, you know, he, he does ride as as, as, as does a second jockey arrangement, I think, with, with uh, Simon Eare and Isaac Sawade and uh, something similar then with the Potter family. So there is connection yeah. with owners. is probably more the reason than anything. Uh, Nicky is very much behind Nico, and Nico is a top-class rider, as he has proved.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Tony, let's move on to a bit of Ryanair chat because, of course, after Mr. Fisher won at the weekend, a lot of people um, fancy might fancy his chance in the Ryanair. For me, he's short of top notch at that real grade one level, championship level. Uh, I think he sort of makes hay whilst the sun shines and a few other horses aren't taking him on. But where would your head be at with Mr. Fisher in the Ryanair and the way the race is looking as a whole?
2: you're probably correct that he isn't good enough in a in a very um competitive grade one but i'm just wondering is the rain going to be that race this year um just for one point just about mr Mister fisher would make he does seem to be much better in a small field uh, the jockey was keeping him wide there um even in the in the four runner race um on saturday but his figures in facing eight runners or fewer is one one two one one one, one you two one so you know when he does get into that small field. It, he runs his race um, and the Ryanair the last five years in terms of field size just come back last year first is has been 11, 8, 12, 6 and 8 so it is you know the, the setup might be okay from there's 36 entered in the race um, at the moment but you know as ever a lot of those um, won't run now just looking at the market there like if you're looking at the top eight who may or may not all be certain runners at the moment you've got Alaho St. Calvados, Shan Blue, Fakardudere, Janadil, Envoy Allen, uh, Mr. Fisher and Asterion for uh, Adding up the percent, the general percentages of those horses just to the market, they're only coming out at 85%. So I wouldn't put anyone off having a bet um, in that race at the moment. It's probably a decent race for a bet in terms of what's the likely runners versus what we they're betting at the minute. And I just wonder, for all how impressive he was in it last year, is Alaho maybe a favourite that you could be taking on? And I'm saying that not not in terms of ability at all, because we, we know that he, he's absolutely um, probably streets ahead of these in terms of his ability level. But I just would wonder a little bit about his preparation. Um, to me, he's a horse that thrives on racing a little bit. Um, when he went into Cheltenham the first year um, for the Albert Bartlett, he had two runs beforehand. Um, I thought it was inexperienced as much as anything that caught him out. The same when he went for the RSA, lacked him maybe a bit of experience, was only coming back at Christmas time having his first run. Now, last season, when they got three runs into him, they came out dismal on his first run, a bit better at Christmas, then pretty good at Taurus and then dominant um, at Cheltenham. I thought that was, was, the, it was the preparation that was key to him. They kind of got any bit of freshness out of him, they got him very fit, things like that. But they're not going to be able to do that this year because things have kind of transpired against them. The him in the John Dorkin, he got this harder race that that than they wanted. They're now talking about going there fresh. Um, he has a poor record first time out. Now I know he won this year, but he he wasn't at his very best, and he was probably a fortunate winner if the the greyhounds had stood up. Um, so I just wonder that could be a reason after the event that they look and they say, well, you know, preparation wasn't ideal. Um. You know, getting a couple of run, more runs into him might have been might have been optimal. Now the horse that interests me, I have backed this horse again, um, just after the entries come out. I think St Calvados is a really interesting runner on this. Um, I give him Fisher actually a bit of a leaf too, but St Calvados has um, run a screamer in the, in the King George there, and lucky he, he got a very inefficient ride, um, <laughs> made his move. You're,
0: Tony, you're being very kind there with the word inefficient well, the phrase inefficient <laughs> well, ride, but I'll, I'll let well, that pass. <laughs>
2: Well, look, they, they they went too hard in, in the early part of the race, obviously, and a very good piece on the website just from Simon Rowlands about this. And then the pace kind of slowed a little bit, and then there was more pace injected by by Gavin Sheehan on on, on Saint So they were going too hard, slowed up, and then he went too hard again, which which didn't show the horse obviously the best effect. But He probably doesn't stay that trip anyway, um, but he shaped really well for the view to a horse come back, go back down and trip. Um, Two other big positives with him is he's already run really well in the race before, um, split min and a Hard a couple of years back, and you know make a case that he should have finished closer that day. He got gotten some trouble in running in the straight there, and also like, to be quite frankly, like, he's had to get in the mother and father trainer upgrades as well here, um, but like they are going from a trainer who would train the odd Grade One winner to someone who has you know dominated Grade One middle distance and staying chasers. In UK for the last 15 or 20 years, um, and it's given him the, the, the wind surgery and stuff like that. Now, I actually I believe he's going to Ascot for the the two mile five race or two mile six race. Like, I actually wouldn't mind him to go straight to the Ryanair because he did have a hard race at Camping and that would be a worry. But I think ability wise, he, he could be second best in. And I just is this maybe a time where Alaho isn't going to run to his peak? Maybe just turn up and just do what he did last year and it's perfectly credible that he will, but just at the price, I, I think Si has a chance.
0: Very interesting indeed. And I hear your points, Rialoho. He's a big, burly horse. It's no surprise that he takes a few races to get rocking and rolling. So those are definite question marks. Uh, Barry, let's move on very quickly to the Potemps Qualifier. Sporting John obviously winning the Potemps Qualifier at uh, Warwick at the weekend. Would you have any interest in him Uh, In the uh, the, potential final come the Cheltenham Festival, where's your view on him at the moment? Obviously, if he was to go there, he'd be absolute top weight, I believe, and uh, it might be a bit of a struggle for him, but he's still clearly got a huge end in this horse, Slightly frustrating, I think, from my point of view. Okay, and Tony, you wanted to give a quick mention to Winterfog's entry in the Lanzarote. That picture is, didn't it?
2: Yeah, just, just probably significant but with a view to the, the Um He was off 128 in the qualifier at Leopards Town. He put up the 131 off the back of that. Um, his UK mark on Saturday was to be one thirty eight. Now, of course, that may be upped in between now and um, March, depending on how he form works out or how he runs himself but that would qualify him for the race like any of the the recent years like the last five years the bottom weight was 126 last year now that was an outlier year with COVID and maybe people not running horses um, as opposed to previous years the four years prior to that 131, 134, 137 and 135 so he would get in um, I think off his mark at the moment Panda Boy there who who beat him at Leopardstown another interesting horse for that he's 136 in Ireland maybe thinking he's gonna be 141 142 like if, if um, Sporting John was running off a big weight in the high 150s 160 like you would be them on, on, on lovely racing weights I would say um, beautiful weights to be honest and, and the, the Leopardstown qualifier always not always but in recent years has been the key qualifier and looked another really competitive um, running of it this year.
0: Yeah, look, very strong indeed. Plenty of noteworthy horses out of that. Um, sticking with a bit of Leopardstown chat, obviously the Dublin Racing Festival entries are out. First weekend in February. Uh, huge amount of excitement. Fingers crossed that the ground somehow by some sort of miracle of the rain gods comes up okay. And we see a few of these horses. But Barry, just a quick flick through the entries. Who caught your eye in the entries list in any division? Well, I
1: suppose if you had to look at the entries for the, the Chanel Pharma Champion Hurdle, um Appreciate is in there, but I'm sure he will have other options, maybe the Red Mills hurdle. But if he was to the turn up there, it would be interesting. Honeysuckle, Zana here, charges there as well, albeit he struggles at this meeting a little bit. But um, it'll be interesting to see Zana here against Honeysuckle on, on soft ground. You'd imagine the hurdle track is usually slower than the chase track, so that um, obviously works against or has worked against Charger in the past. But um, if by chance Appreciate was to turn up here, it would be interesting.
0: Okay, and Tony, same question to you. Anything that in the initial entry stage really you were surprised by? Obviously loads of points of interest, but anything that surprised you?
2: Yeah, uh, Willie Mullen's been a bit stubborn now, not on, even entering a boom photo in the in the Irish School Cup But thought um, stood out like with eighteen eighteen runners and I thought he like it's not like him not to even give him an entry. Eighteen runners in total at that like, like we'd see him any torn up uh, that, that was, I'd say, they we're surprised with the good entry. But already, Gordon Elliott has rude Galvin out. Top Moudida was an interesting runner, an interesting entry, at least. in that, like, a, as I've said, before, three miles is um, going to see Hort even better effect. A couple of interesting, maybe, horse on reclama- reclamation projects. in that, a the rear had an entry, and also the horse that won the power handicap chase last season castle Bond west um i think that's that's his first entry since he had an injury other thing yeah yeah god bless paul nichols like ah, uh, god bless him because he, you know he's going to add a bit add a bit of space to this meeting green the team seems pretty likely runners same with fraud on i even wonder if he won run clandis over that that would be magnificent like uh, uh, maybe he wants to keep him fresh for the spring but like this is a grade one it's going to be more more money than the newbury race he ran in last year so that's interesting too look gordon elliott savage strength again among these juvenile hurdlers uh one with another one today um in the first race of ponchester did it quite well he, he is the grade one entry along with the couple of horses from the, the brown family just to mention there um the champion hurdle i believe uh, Paul Hennessy is going to give Heaven Help Us a kind of a prep run in that um, over two miles which I thought was quite interesting and yeah look the two mile one of the most interesting races I think is going to be this two mile grade one novice hurdle so Gerhard is in that and there are you know multitude of interesting horses in it Colonel Mustard is in it, would give a bit of a line on the John Bond form, this horse that won it tomorrow, El Fabiola, is interesting. My mate Mozzie is an intended runner I believe and trainer was saying that he's giving him a speculative entry in the champion hurdle based on how hot the supreme is. Um, Gordon Elliott has obviously his pair of horses from Christmas, Maggie Potter and Three Stripe Life and then Willie Mullins has all these mares entered and some of those would possibly have to run like That That could be a, a a really good race, and like, like none of those are even the first three in the betting for the Supreme at the minute. Like, it just tells you what a what a savage race um it potentially would be. The other thing that I thought that was interesting is that um Willie Mullins entered his novice chasers in the the Grade One chase um oh. as well, which uh, it's it not very, very unusual. Willi- yeah, that's no, not Mullins' ver, thing to do, is
0: it?
2: Ver, very unusual. Look, you would imagine fernie Hollow. We were talking with him last week whether he'd run or whether he wouldn't run maybe would get preference in terms of running in the the novice chase but as he also discussed like the 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 grade one the open grade one maybe wouldn't look the strongest race and would he chance something um one of novice and not to keep them apart because it's basically his two main novices versus rivier to tell again in the irish oracle so i thought that was that was quite interesting um Yeah, so I think very good news out of the entries. more positive than I thought it would be and maybe trainers aren't going to be as scared off by the ground as it looked like they might be.
0: Yeah, very interesting indeed. Obviously on the show we've got two shows before then, I think it'll be. Uh, Plenty to get stuck into and we'll be covering that in the build-up to the Dublin Racing Festival. And you're right, Tony. God bless Paul Nicholls. What a man. Uh, seeks an opportunity and will send a horse we like that let's move on to question time Uh, we've got a good few questions to rattle through plenty for you Barry Garrity, to earn your keep on this show Uh, obviously we had loads of questions about Bob Ollinger and Dysart Dynamo we appreciate that and uh, hopefully we've answered a good few of those in the last 15 minutes or so but we've picked out a few that aren't about those two horses Uh, well some of them are actually including the first one by uh, Adam (laughs) Adam who sent in this this one's to you, Barry. Uh, which one or two, if any, of Constitution Hill, John Bond, Dysart Dynamo and Sir Gerhard do, do you not see running in the Supreme? Where do you stand on that, Barry?
1: Well, it's very hard to know because all four are owned by different owners. But I'd have thought Sir Gerhard would be the most likely if one is going to step away. Um, and okay. then maybe there's a chance of John Bond, but you couldn't say
0: Okay, fair. And Tony, I think we already have your views on that in terms of the uh, lowdown you gave us on Dice Art Dynamo and our previous discussions on a few of these horses. So we'll move on to Joe Smith's question which is, uh, what are the team's thoughts on Deffy Desoy? Is there any way back for him after this sequence of poor performances? Hashtag Off The Fence. Thank you very much, Joe, for your question. Uh, Barry, I guess that's another one to you. He's a very strange horse because he's had poor seasons in the past, but now it seems like he's been on quite a downward slope for a little while now. And for me personally, I'm not sure how you start getting him back from this sort of decline now. Would you be giving up on him altogether at this stage, or do you think... That uh Philip Hobbs will be able to get him back to well, I don't even want to say anywhere near his best, just winning ways. He didn't even seem like his anything was in the game at the weekend. He seemed like he didn't want to be there to my eye anyway.
1: No, he was he was on the back foot a lot of the way. and um, he had a disappointing season a couple of years ago, but Phillips Horst are running bad at the time. But Phillips Horst have been doing okay this season um and he just hasn't found form. So it, it's going to be a struggle for him. The only thing he has gone for him, he's only turned nine. So he has got age on his side. Um, so I'm sure they're happy maybe to play along. The horse seems well on himself. He's jumping well. He's physically, he's well. But whatever his issues are, um, if they can be sorted, you know, there is ability there. So at his age, he's probably worth just persevering and hopefully he can find some level of form again.
0: Fingers crossed uh, for him because, you know, he's a very likeable horse I liked him when he was in his peak Uh, let's move on Kieran Catterton has asked uh, again it's another one for you Barry so really this question time is actually all about Barry Goinsley which is fine because Tony Keenan earns his keep on this show week in week out whereas Barry well you know Uh, the stairs the stairs is another intriguing race who would you rather be on Barry Champ or Classical Dream and I ask you to answer this question from a non-biased opinion obviously we know you have a relationship with Champ take that out of it who would you like to be on when the tapes go up in the stairs hurdle come Cheltenham? Champ or Classical Dream?
1: Yeah, I suppose it's a very tricky one because Classical Dream is a difficult horse what he did in Leperson. That won't be ideal if he does that in Cheltenham, I think, which would play into Champ's strengths. But on the flip side of that, Champ had a brilliant run in Ascot. He had a brilliant run last season in the game spirit on his return and then he went to the Gold Cup and he flopped. So Champ really needs to produce his Ascot run and the improvement that you would imagine should come from that because if he turns up in the form that he was in Cheltenham last year... That Won't be much good, but um, I would slightly go with Champ because he's if he's there healthy, he's more straightforward. Um, and I thought just that Ascot win for us, who was going to need to run as much as he did, was very impressive.
0: Yeah, so did I. I think I'd side with Champ over Classical Dream at this stage, Kieran. Uh, few questions there. Hopefully, hopefully Barry has answered them uh well enough for you all. And don't forget, we do have Tony as well. So, any other questions for Tony Keenan, we want to hear them. Uh, but we know that you know. He does his bit on this show. It's fair to say. Let's look ahead to the week ahead, and of course, it's all about Anergi versus Shishkin at Ascot in the Clarence House Chase. Uh, will it happen? Goodness knows. Everything crossed at this five-day stage that it is going to happen. Uh, Barry, I know you've spoke. We've spoken about this before on this show, but I guess the question is, we can't predict what Willie Mullins is going to do, and Nicky seems very keen. On sending Shishkin there after the bit of work on Saturday morning. So let's talk about the race as if it's going to happen, the mashup between the two. Uh, who would you be siding with, quite simply, at this stage? Because I know you're a fan of both.
1: Yeah, well, I've, I've been a massive fan of an all last season, and he was the one I really wanted for the Arkle, but that didn't happen. Um, but Shishkin, who I have loved all along, I thought his, his win in Kempton at Christmas. I thought that was the that was the best I've seen of Shishkin. I thought he was brilliant, and um, so for me he'd be hard to beat. But if you're going to have a bet in the race, if they line up at the prices they're at, one to two Shishkin and nine to four in Orgamine, I'd be taking a punt on an because we haven't seen, you know, the these horses. We haven't got to the bottom of them. They're two very very classy horses. They're as good as there's been in a while. So um, I'd be taking the nine to four an in just for value.
0: Uh, Ground concerns Barry, Uh, there's talk about there being no rain between now and Saturday at Ascot, it's very dry over here at the moment, we're getting a frost every night and I never quite know what that means to racing ground but uh, I'm not sure it would necessarily be a positive for an Nergamine would it?
1: No but I'd say the thing with Willie Mullins is that the issue is how how quick will Leperstown be, so does he wait for Leperstown? Or does he go here? So there's a good chance I'd say he's gonna take his, his chance and go here. It won't be as quick and ascot, I can't imagine, as it could be in Leopardstown, and he'll need to get a run into him. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see him line up.
0: Okay, and Tony, do you expect this clash to happen? Do you think that they're both gonna line up here? And would you have any ground concerns about the Irish raider?
2: Um I don't know if it's gonna happen. Hopefully it will. Um there's been there's been some great Game playing going on between the two of them really. Like Nicky Henderson was getting a speaking early last week because it's usually Willie Mullen seems to dictate the terms, um, saying what's running where and, and maybe that's what happened with the with the Tinker Creek now, I know it's transpired, Shishkin wasn't able to run, whatever. Um I, I don't have a, a massive strong betting opinion on, on this. I I would have favoured Shishkin as I have done done all along, but as Barry makes the point, like <laughs> we're looking at one to two and maybe nine to four now. Does that does that kind of price suggest that people think an argument isn't gonna run? um possibly but as barry has, has laid out very well there like the what's the alternative if he doesn't run um Lepertown doesn't seem viable at the moment especially with the forecast um and also you, you might think that right-handed track has always suited an argument um pretty well so yeah it's a magnificent race to look forward to and um, i really hope it does happen uh, you do have some good sort of um other horses in it that are quite decent, their first flow obviously loves Ascot, maybe the ground will not Will be a little bit on the, the quick side for him, but hopefully it will happen and we get to see it and we get to see them meet again at Cheltenham in March, which is just, just just the kind of clash that I think everyone was probably looking forward to last year in the uh-huh. article happening this uh-huh. time round, so look, hopefully.
0: Yeah, it's the division that let us down last year. Fingers crossed it won't let us down this year. Uh, now it's time to preview the Clarence House chase at Ascot. Of course, we're expecting this big smash-up between Energimin and Shishkin. And before we go any further and get the boys' views on the Grade 1 action at Ascot, I should say that it's time for a ticket giveaway, viewers. You could be in with a chance of winning a pair of tickets to Ascot this Saturday grade one racing could be the race of the season and to be in with a chance of winning all you have to do is type win in the comments to this video and uh, my producer the one who's very cross to me at the moment will pick a winner and you guys will be able to go to Ascot on Saturday so that's all you have to do type win in the comments section and on top of that is just one ticket giveaway there'll also be another ticket giveaway on Twitter so keep an eye out for that if you're very keen to go to Ascot at the weekend there's plenty of tickets to be won and you'll want to be there if Anurgyveen and Shishkin show up so that is a ticket giveaway courtesy of the team behind Off The Fence, something to look forward to. Uh, Let's move on boys and talk about uh, a quick mention anyway with any other business obviously there'll be some smart horses entered in at Ascot at the weekend and of course we also have the winter millions at lingfield it goes a jumps card then a flat card and then a jumps card and i suppose the headline horses on the sunday will be the likes of bristol DeMai, who might like the very heavy ground there at lingfield and fakir dudari joseph sending one over from ireland is of interest of course Uh, we'll be dissecting that in a week's time but at this stage we're not entirely sure who's going to run but there's plenty to look forward to all live Sky Sports Racing, don't forget that. Uh, Barry, quick mention to a few other horses that look like they might show up at the weekend away from Lingfield Nascot. John Bonn up at Haydock caught your eye, clearly. I mean, of course, he would, but what do we want to see from John Bonn at Haydock in terms of as a stepping stone towards the Supreme? If that's going to go, if that's where he's going to go, what would you like to see from him? For me personally, I'd like to see him just be a bit more of a mature horse in general in the paddock, the race, and the post-race as well. What would you be looking to see from him, Barry?
1: Well, I thought he was very good in Ascot last time. He was more relaxed. Um, he jumped really well, which he'd done in Newbury as well, but he, he seemed a bit more relaxed. He wasn't as keen. So with that run under his belt again, I think you'll see a relaxed performance again. Haydock is a tractable player to his strengths. It's a flat track, sharp. He's lots of speed. Ground is on the soft side, which is, might just work against that speed. But you might, I... It looks to be his main danger, and that's going to give us a brilliant line with Constitution Hill. So it's going to it's going to be an informative race. Um, but you'd imagine John Bond should be able to cope with Might and, and cope with him well.
0: Something to look forward to up at Haydock as well. So there's bits and pieces of good action across the across the country in Ireland as well, and here in the UK, plenty uh, to look forward to this weekend. Uh, now it's time for tracker time. I've got in trouble for tipping up a flat horse last time, so. I will retract that now. No more flat horses on this show. It's all about the jumpers. Uh, I, My tracker horse for you is Don Levant. We've talked about this horse before on the show. Obviously, it ran it in Lanzarote at the weekend for the Williams team with Isabel Williams on top claiming off him. He's reached a career-high mark now, but the run at the weekend suggests that there could be still more in the locker off this mark. Uh, He was given a very quiet ride. He probably passed a few beaten horses, but I think there's more to come from him. And even, like I say, off this career-high mark, I'm not giving up on him just yet. I don't think he's reached the ceiling, and we mentioned him on the show Few weeks back now, because Barry was very pleased with the ride that Isabel gave him when he won uh, two starts back. So he's just a horse for me. I I'm not sure we've got to a ceiling yet. Uh, Tony, never mind my track of horse. Only the only person anyone cares about on this show is you and your track of horses, Tony. So what have you got for us this week? What have you dug out?
2: Well, maybe not so much based on, on this season's ones, but we'll go with Lady Rita, um, who ran, ran in the the Maiden Hurdle at uh, Fairy House on Saturday. Um, She's quite inexperienced. This was only her second completed start and the inexperience showed she, she can be very keen. Um, so they had to you know, settle her in the back of mid-division to try and get her to drop the bit. Um, was moderately successful, I suppose. And But when she was starting to move into the race four out, uh, she did. She, she made a mistake, which meant the leaders got away from her. But she finished out her race well, despite that keenness, despite that mistake to, to come toward. I, I'd say the winner daily present is quite decent. Um, the second isn't too bad. The Gordon Elliott horse prevaricate but she has the option of, of dropping back against her own sex w- w- which is a big thing and her the form of a first run at Limerick or her, 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 sorry her penultimate run her first completed start at Limerick has also worked out um, well so you think a mare's maiden hurdle um, for all that those races are competitive in Ireland it would be manageable for her.
0: Okay Lady Rita for Tony very nice indeed Barry what have you pulled out for us?
1: I've gone with Philippe who ran in the Pertemps race in Warwick on Saturday. Um, ran keen, travelled very strongly, and, and travelled well right down to two out, and was still there with a chance of going to the last. and Just got tired. Um, finished sixth, I think, at the finish. Um, but it was his first one for ten months since the Albert Bartlett at the Festival last season, um, where he's split um, three under through five and Statler. So I think he's been dropped about three pound by the handicapper. And I'd imagine something like the pretense could be a good option for him. He's going to be better for the run. He'd be more relaxed, I'd say, with more cover. Um, And just, he's a horse who's three from six over hurdles. So I think he's still progressive.
0: Very nice. Alaphilippe for Barry. Lady Rita for me. And Don Levant. Uh, Sorry. Jesus, Tony. I was trying to steal your horse there. Lady Rita for Tony obviously and Don Bomb for me uh, those are our tracker horses that is tracker time done and dusted and that brings us to an end of this episode of Off the Fence, as always it's thanks very much to Barry Gertie and Tony Keenan uh, excellent contributions of course and tune in next week where clearly we're going to have loads to talk about if we see the smash up between Energamine and Shishkin at Ascot we've got the Winter Millions to dissect as well uh, things are just hotting up nicely in January for us, we'll have plenty to discuss but for now that was off the fence thank you very much for watching